Hey, welcome to the In Between Podcast, a place where I, Ayik, and friends unpack our experiences as Africans in the diaspora, figuring out our faith, love, finances, and everything in between the now and the next. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another life-changing episode of the In Between Podcast. My name is Ayek, your able body, able everything host of today's conversation, but I'm not the only host today. I'm not alone. We'll get to that in just a second. I hope that you're doing really well. I hope you've been taking care of yourself since the last time that we spoke. If you're new to the podcast, well, the in-between podcast started 2021. I was talking about my experiences as an American, Nigerian, hybrid, weird, whatever in between two cultures, Sha. But it changed. The The storyline of the podcast changed to being in between where I'm coming from, where I used to be, where I feel like we all were in 2021 and beyond, and where we're going, but what happens in between then. So, welcome. Now, I said I was not going to be alone. I'm going to introduce our able-bodied, able-everything guest host, today lois um let me give some background before lois introduces herself i'm on tiktok one day i don't know what recipe it was it had to have something to do with fish one of your fish recipes i was like (laughs) hmm let me let me save this i have on the page let me favorite that no 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 let let me favorite that let me favorite that let me favorite that and when i start favorite if i favorite more than like two or three then there's something there so somehow some way we connected on tiktok we support each other's content as best as we can. Lois does wonderful content, which we're going to get into. So Lois, welcome. Introduce Thank yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so I didn't even know that's how you found me, but I'm happy we found each other. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Lois. I run the blog slash everything, Yummy Medley. And uh, I don't really know how intros go, but... Okay, well, tell tell us the background. Like, how, how did Yummy Medley, even the name itself, how did that come about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> Yummy Medley was actually my husband's idea. Whoa. There was a season in my life where I was in between, just like you, but in a different way, in a, in a not-so-great way. I was in a program that was very depressing. I was in graduate school. I wasn't liking it. And I was trying to find a job. And I mean, I, I cook pretty well. And he was like, you know, why don't you just share your recipes and post it? I was like, you know, I don't want to do that. Take pilots. <laughs> and then he was like, just be anonymous for a while. Yeah. I was like, okay, let me start. And then people from my church started to ask me, are you going to be deadly? Wait. <laughs> yeah, I was just taking pictures and writing at that time. Okay. But people were like this looks like something you would say. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's me. (laughs) So I got rid of the anonymous idea. I still don't really post too much personal stuff, but you know, I show my face, (laughs) talk about food. Yeah. It was his brainchild. Okay. Love it. As far as the name, I don't, I don't remember. Actually, we had a list. You know what? Yes. I remember we had a list of names, just random things that we put together and I have a panel of sisters that's very, very, very important in my life. So put the names out there and we told them, pick one. And everybody voted. He had a different vote, actually. Hmm. And 
we, I liked Yummy Medley because I came up with it. It was one of my suggestions. And my sisters loved it. And my mom, my dad. So we're like, you know what? This is what we're going to go with. And he came around and he liked it. But yeah, he's the one that encouraged me to start sharing my recipes. And yeah, that's the background. Did. I'm glad you started because I think uh, your work, the work that you do does a lot of things. There's this stereotype about nigerians and how we perceive food and you know we put ourselves on a pedestal whatever the case may be but i find some recipes that maybe i've only heard about in passing or i didn't know about because they're from this african culture or from that culture or from that country and not that you know as a nigerian content creator if you only make nigerian food that that's wrong right but there's room to even express our culture and the way that we cook food from other you know while making other dishes yes yes so yes it it definitely is is one of the things uh that stands out to me i still favorite the stuff now when when my kitchen is in order i'll go through <laughs> just scroll through and um, i don't know if you can see my kitchen look at there's a camera stand at the back of me but yeah i completely agree with you mm-hmm. uh, i think for me i've had very many food experiences outside of Nigerian food. So I came to this country when I was 16 and I went straight to college. So I went to Howard. I had friends from every part of the world. You know, I had Jamaican friends. I had Ghanaian friends, patient, everybody, you know. So there was quite a significant influence of all of them in my cooking and in what I started to like I remember once upon a time, I didn't like collard greens, but trust some some of my friends, they, they gave me some good collard greens. I didn't like mac and cheese. And they were like, you know what? We need to fix that. So I've, I've my palate has expanded significantly because I had quite a lot of friends from different parts of the world. So, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because one of the things my friends say when they first immigrate to the West in general, like UK, US is oh the food has no faith the food has no flavor the food Mm. has no this the food has no that and they find themselves snacking and like you know gravitating to the sweet things and stuff like that because they're like nothing tastes good nothing feels like home right so it's interesting that you found a way to make it in that not that you found a way but like you were an environment where it was encouraged to learn about culture and food i mean that's the good thing about hbcus one of the many good things about hbcus yeah and what you know what they make room for you know yeah Yeah. i I was partly encouraged to try new things i was also partly forced because i didn't have a choice i came to the u.s as an international student i was pretty young i had the cafeteria pass so that's all i had and when i made friends they would make me food that they had access to so I know one of my friends, she she would take me home sometimes for spring break or for whatever short break we had, and I would eat a lot of Ghanaian food. And it wasn't Nigerian food, but it was pretty good, and I enjoyed it, you know. So I've had quite a lot of experiences because I was put in a position to get outside of my comfort zone, so. That's that's, that's an interesting way of... Yeah, it's like by force, but you loved it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And when I didn't like it, I grew to like it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I like it sometimes. Like, yeah, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Fair, fair. I need to, you know, um, I need to try, like, proper Ghanaian. So I say proper because this the jello rice thing is just, like, 
first of all, it's a very diasporan discussion. Second mm-hmm. of all, I can't call something like jollof rice a native dish or not, but I keep mm-hmm. telling myself there's a restaurant in the Bronx. It's like an hour away from me, but um, they it's like what I guess Ghanaians will call kind of like a buka. Um, mm-hmm. So they sell that kind of food. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get up there. I need to see see what Ghanaian food is all about. Even though I would have preferred to taste it in Ghana. But Girl, won't we all? Won't we all? Uh, I, my sister and I have been talking about, well, one of them have been talking about uh, going to Ghana for graduation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can make it happen because I'm sure the food tastes much better in Ghana. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to any Ghanaian restaurants, funny enough. I've just had Ghanaian food from my friends. And they cook pretty well, so... That's fair, that's fair. Well, to be fair, I've had Togolese food, and you know Togolese, uh, yeah, people are not going to like this, but they're the French-speaking Ghanaians. I mean, they're all airways, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They will. They don't want to hear that, but they know it's the truth. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I guess that's close. But um, it's so funny that you're saying uh, going to, to Ghana... For graduation as you're saying that my thought came i asked everyone are you going home for christmas are you going home in december do you think you're going to go home i don't think so it's expensive i do want to i want to go back it's been it's been almost the last time i was in nigeria was in 2010 wow so it's it's been a long time and it's partly because of immigration stuff because of financial reasons it's never really and my parents travel a lot to come and visit us so it's never really been an issue as much there are a lot of family members i haven't seen in years too though but such is immigration you know unfortunately but hopefully soon if not this year next fingers crossed yes and you know to be honest i'm avoiding the whole december travel my family's talking Mm -hmm. about it (sighs) Where will I see room to stretch my arms in Nigeria at this point? Talk less of Ghana, but we'll see. Well, I mean, whatever you do, I'm sure it's going to be a good time. It should. It should. Oh, and you you choose to go to. I think Lagos, Christmas Lagos, is always lit. I remember growing up. I I miss it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll see. It is well. One way or another, it will work out. Mm-hmm. Like that. Okay, so before we get even deeper into the food talk, I do have an Ask Ayek. Mm-hmm. This was a DM sent to me by one of my listeners. Okay. And uh, I'm going to read it out, and we're just going to give this person some advice. So, okay. hello, Ayek and Lois, because Lois, you're here with me today. You spoke briefly about your experiences growing up, and I wanted to share mine. My parents were very hard on me. Their hate for each other translated into how they treated me. My dad would say randomly to my mom, your daughters won't amount to anything. They'll be useless like you. My mom called me to inform me that my dad is one, terminally ill, and two, begging to see me in particular. For reference, I went no contact with him after he refused to attend my graduation because the morning of, he said I was feeling too big. One of the most important days of my life, though, well, my sisters talked to him. I'm hurt by his actions, but the fact that he's begging to see me, I don't know. Should I reach out to him? Hmm. <sighs> yeah, this one is deep. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I need a few seconds to think, but you know what? I think I think that's a dicey one. I, w- I would look at I would look at your intentions. What are your what's your reasoning 
for wanting to see your dad? Is it because he asked? Are you? Is there a part of you that desires reconciliation? Even though, like, I don't know how to explain. I don't know if reconciliation is the word I'm looking for, but is right. there a part of you that wants your parent, like, wants your dad, which is normal and valid? Um, I think sometimes we're hard on ourselves when we want to be connected with people that abusive to us or were mean to us or whatever but i think once you like come to terms with that and deal with whether shame or fear or whatever that will help a little bit should you go see your dad that he's terminally ill no because if i say yes you know you may feel some kind of pressure if i say no they'll now say oh but what if he dies tomorrow i mean what if he does does it have to take a terminal illness for someone to do right you know I, my my advice is think about the why. Why would you want right. to reconnect with your dad? Well, visit him or he wants to see you. And whatever it is, don't feel bad about the why. And let that navigate your decision. That's what I think. What do you think, Lois? Okay, so I'm a very pro-forgiveness kind of person. Not because, you know, other people, again, it's for you yourself. And forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean going to see him. But kind of like what you said, you have to figure out why you would go and what forgiveness would interpret to you. Like, so in my mind, right, forgiveness would be some kind of release of this person, knowing that they have no current influence on your life, but, you know, you want to release them from your heart, you know. I mean, the fact that she's able to go no contact with her dad means that, you know, he's not calling the shots in her life anymore and she can remove herself from a situation that makes her uncomfortable if she needs to so forgiveness is really just like letting it go letting go of the pain and letting yourself heal fully as far as going to see him i don't know that's hard the truth is there might be a part of this person that misses her dad and if passes she would never get the chance to you know check on him and just see what's going on so i don't know if it's like you know at the end of the day you are probably a big girl you can walk away Period. if he wants to see you yap you one more time and be like look at you silly girl you can be like you know what bye-bye and walk out of the situation but you can walk out from a healed place knowing that those words mean nothing to you but, you know, don't go there with heavy heart to say, let me see what he has to say to me. Mm-hmm. Like, then, you know, anything can, anything he says, even if he, even if he says, oh, your dress is pretty. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? My dresses have never been pretty in my life. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. anything can really, like, blow up. Yeah. So, heal first. And then, if you want to make that trip, go from a place of healing. Because it's not going to end well if you're not cool. Even if it's a good conversation. That's actually such a good point. I think taking the time to, to heal and work through whatever you're feeling. Because mm-hmm. to even have that kind of he- that hesitation, which is valid, that means that there's, you know, something that needs to be worked out or worked through, which is fine. Right. You know, and it's kind of like you you have to kind of like speed up the healing process. I don't know how that works. I don't know if you go for hypnosis or what. Because the guy's terminally ill. <laughs> the guy's yeah. terminally ill. So not yeah. her dad is terminally That's ill. A- one that's a really tough one you know but sometimes even making up your mind that you want to be healed from this Mm. and that you want to move on from this and you want to forgive is the right step so 
I don't know, man. This is rough. So, Godspeed. I'll pray for you. Amen. Girl, all the best. All the best. Yeah. This is a tough one. And there's just so many factors. Because as you're speaking, Lois, I'm just thinking, like, if she doesn't come, they'll say, ugh. Like, even her mom. Right. There's this, like, still that expectation, you know? She said her parents hate each other. But why is her... Why is the mom calling her to relay the information but right. it's like so she's probably still there yeah and it's just like if you don't come or you don't at least speak to him they're gonna be like oh she let she let the man die you know how people can be yeah just, they can be very yeah yeah they'll just turn it back on her even though she's like oh my gosh yeah that is that is a tough one um i mean from personal experience i had a sort of similar situation with my grandmother my maternal grandmother, mm. very, you know, industrious, determined woman, but whew, that woman was something mm. and it was hard. So when she, uh, 2020, when she got ill, it was just, it was, it was a deterioration process, but when the time between her hospitalization and death was quick. So I had to mm. think like, I don't know if I want her, and just in case she goes to the grave, I don't know if I want her to go to the grave with me, you know, thinking of how I want to fight her till now. So, um, I mean, we had a conversation and I could still sense that she felt like I had abandoned her. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, Lois, about healing, it's like, okay, well, I've forgiven her. I'm ready to move on. All the best, whether you come home or not, which she didn't. But, right. you know, I don't know. All the best to you, girly. That's, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Yeah. Those family dynamics can be kind of dicey. And I know, you know, younger generation all most younger people tend to cut off quick um and i get it i'm a little slow to that i'm a little slow to cutting off people not because i mean of course you know people who are dangerous and who are you know consistently hurting us you should probably you know remove yourself from those situations but sometimes i don't know man this is this is tough so find a therapist you know that yeah no find a therapist find a therapist that understands cultures like um mm-hmm. you know west african yeah. cultures and the dynamics because they do exist yes i think that's the only yeah mine... i haven't found one yet oh we'll talk offline mine mine okay. is her specialty okay. are west african yeah okay please because yeah. therapist i was seeing last girl i mean she was nice but she was recommending some things that i was like it doesn't really, and I started to explain the situation in Nigeria to her and how it was affecting me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Oh, you know, that's so sad." I was like, "What?" No, they don't. They don't understand. And most of the time, it feels like you have to like be explaining basic things, and they're like, "Oh my God, what? That happened?" Right? Like, no. Are you right. here to help me, or am I helping you? Like, choose one. Yeah. You know. So I'll I'll message you mine. Choose. Okay. This is her specialty. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Speaking of, you know, our culture and where we're coming from, first of all, Lois, thank you for your insight on that. I hope that she'll she'll make the best decision for her. I hope so, too. It is tight. The timing is tight, but it is well. So we're talking about our culture and um, our perceptions of things and just all of those things. And we've spoken offline about this. But um, we were talking about this thing of westernization of foods. So... For those who don't, who may not understand, um, and now because of TikTok and stuff, I'm sure you've heard of fufu. I mean, what I'm going to describe is not what we call fufu. 
my yeah. gosh, we'll talk about that. But um, it's what Nigerians call swallow. We have different categories. So what people call fufu is actually a type of swallow. It's not what we call everything. Mm-hmm. But the one that I'm thinking of is this oatmeal swallow. When I was in Nigerian, like that 2018 to 2019 20, i would say like 2016 to 2019 when everyone was on the fit fam craze or whatever right people were doing the oatmeal swallow that oh eba which is uh for for who for people who don't know what that is eba is gary gary is fermented cassava flakes that's the best way to mm-hmm. describe it yeah you put it yeah. in hot water or you can drink it cold depending on what kind you you get but we call it eba when it's in uh firm like um swallow form so um, they're like, Eba has 500 calories per spoon or some crap. Me too, I, I believe you. I won't lie. I used to ask my mom, like, mom, I, I don't want Eba. I want, can you make oatmeal swallow? She's like, huh? How would I, I don't understand. How do I even mix it? Like oatmeal, how does that work? So that was one. I know when um keto was a trend, there was cabbage swallow, uh, which looked terrifying but people actually made businesses from it uh, mm. i've also seen coconut flour swallow yeah yeah it was disgusting but i'm like you know it's healthy <laughs> imagine eating wow. that with afang soup like the afang soup would just it felt like a waste looking back because it just right i couldn't enjoy it because i'm like right this tastes like sugar mixed with afang soup yeah yeah so I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts and, and your experiences from a food science perspective and just, you know, someone who's in touch with the culture. This mm-hmm. idea of westernizing food that's perfectly good as is. Whew. Okay, this is a loaded discussion, but I'll say this, right? I think all foods can fit into a healthy diet, hmm. uh, especially if you don't have any pre-existing health conditions. It's even oatmeal swallow if you like that then go for it you know if you like cabbage swallow as as weird as that i've made it before let me let me let me talk a bit about my journey right so once upon a time i used not know very much about nutrition and my background just so you know is in economics and maths exactly so i graduated with undergrad with economics started a master's program in economic policy analysis and then ooh, misery hit and then I knew I had to redirect um, wherever I was so after working for a while I went back into the field of nutrition I decided to go back to school and nutrition was what drew me the most partly because of yummy medley but also because I was greatly concerned about chronic disease increase in our community yes so <sighs> After, let's say, my, in my time of, like, being pre-nutrition, before I knew anything about nutrition, I did try cabbage swallow and, um, what's it called? There was eggplant amala. I tried all of, girl, yeah, I did that. And look, not, no judgment. Look. We all did like, it. Not loved it at the time. It's also very expensive. Yes. And very impractical yeah my health has not gone into major decline since i started eating regular nigerian food again i'm not you know suffering from anything but i think so the westernization part is the fact that we think that our foods that are native to us may not fit into a healthy diet and i think that's problematic 
Um, we can make healthy choices within native foods. We can, for instance, if I wanted to eat swallow, but it's perfectly fine. I just know that I eat a smaller portion and maybe have more soup, like a healthier soup, like okra, afang, do you know, anything that involves us cooking with vegetables, you know, so we can really maximize how much our food contributes to our health if we really make the right choices. It's just that sometimes we, people are, so people who, I'm very against keto, right? I'll just say that <laughs> right off the bat. Okay. I find that it's not, I find. So I work in a lipid lab. I work with lipids and with and so I'm very well aware of how fats have like significant impact on our biochemistry. Hmm. I would never go keto. I would never go keto. She had to go close to the mic, y'all like yeah, never. Never yes. yeah. I would rather eat vegan. <laughs> and I, I eat vegan some days. So no, no, it's not great. I think carbs are necessary. The quality of carbs is what we should be concerned with, but yeah, keto is a no-no. So I don't see the usefulness of cabbage fufu or eggplant fufu. I mean, if you like it, then it's great. It can fit into your diet, but don't eat it because it's keto. Keto is nonsense. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's where the westernization thing comes in. When we start to think like, yeah, our foods don't fit into a healthy diet, we can't have, like somebody I saw the other day, she didn't want to eat beans that she cooked, Nigerian beans, and she went and ate some kind of, what did she eat? Like, I think she had bulgur jollof rice, or jollof bulgur. Oh, true, there was that one too, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, the beans are probably better for you than the jollof yeah. bulgur, girl. That's like, pure no. wheat, like, you know? Hmm. Huh. Well, you know, in terms of thoughts on keto, a thousand percent, I agree. I tried it for like two days, almost died the second day, like physically. <laughs> huh. I'm like, physically, my sister was looking at me like this girl. Are you okay? Like I was like, like moving slow because it just yeah. sends your body into shock. There was a study that it's really only useful for type two diabetics and people with autism, but I don't, it's not like, you know, I haven't seen that much evidence of it. Yeah, carbs being the enemy is a problem, but just like you said, Lois, it's the notion that um, Western foods are healthier than our foods. So I completely agree that's problematic. There was a study in 2019 that said that the there's a skyrocket skyrocketing rate of type 2 diabetes in urban areas of Nigeria and it's because of franchises entering the country yeah um, food franchises so yeah. if if there's even something like type 3 diabetes in the US how is western food like at its core better do you know I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say yeah so one of my friends she was trying she she has PCOS and she's oh. like, I want to eat healthy. My doctors are telling me this, but eating healthy is expensive. I'm like, okay, what do you have in mind? She's like, well, you know, I see these people, they use kale. They use this wrap. They use that. I'm like, okay, but does it have to be kale? Like, you know, can you get lettuce from the malam not too far from you? Like, can you use what you have around? And she's like, 
terrible. I don't know where they got it from. I don't know the roots. I'm like, okay, fine. Fair. Fair. I think, I think to take it a step further, I think it's also an issue of anti it's not directly anti-blackness or like a self-hatred thing, but like that's, it's one of the legs of this thing. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I think it's, it's part of, in my mind, I interpret it as neocolonialism. Yes. So there's a lot of leftovers of that colonial mindset, thinking that West is best or whatever from, whatever is from across the sea is better than whatever we have locally. And that's completely not true. Um, so there's this concept called the nutrition transition. And many developing countries, including countries in Asia, going through that phenomenon where conditions of malnutrition and chronic diseases that are diet-related, like diabetes, heart disease, are coexisting within the country, within a locale, and sometimes even within an individual. So you would find somebody who has or who was born exposed to malnutrition they might have had kwashioko or something some kind of stunting some outcome of malnutrition as a child then when they grow up they're exposed to westernized foods and their diet changes and then they go on the other scale where they're facing obesity and they're facing some of these other chronic diseases now yeah, nutrition transition is also like, it also involves like the diet. So it's inclusion of more seed oils. So it's different from tropical oils that we grow um, or are native to us. So more seed oils are flooding the market, increased in consumption of sugary, sugar sweetened beverages, increased in consumption of animal based fats. So saturated fats. I think there's one more. Those are the three main legs. And what that means typically is that there's more westernized food. And sometimes when people think western, they're thinking, oh, you're eating burger, you're eating fries. But even sometimes in our methods of preparation, like of you don't need to add 58 pieces of meat to that your pot of soup. And sometimes like when you go on social media and you see all these like luscious pots of soup, I know you know what I mean. Yes. It looks so tempting, like five or more. Turkey. Oh, like, oh my goodness. Fish. It looks, uh, they are cooking a goosey soup. The oil is floating on top. It looks so like, it looks delicious. That's part of the transition. Hmm. We're thinking sometimes, wow. yeah, sometimes we think the transition is in the type of food, but mm -hmm. it's also in the quality of food. So, because of increasing exposure to wealth, uh, we be, oh, another part of it is like we're more sedentary we're no longer eating whole grains because it's not so cool anymore to eat brown rice or fatter rice doesn't make good jollof, you know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. it's quite complicated sometimes, especially if some of these transitions are already ingrained in food culture or in modern food culture in these, in these places in back home. But we have to... Like recognizing that eating traditionally, so eating Nigerian food can be healthy. It just means that we need to be conscious of some of these Western standards that we're including in our own meals and, or even in our own lifestyle, like being sedentary. Like once upon a time, you wake up, you go to the farm, yep. you would work hard, all of that stuff. So Eba for breakfast was acceptable. But imagine having Eba for breakfast and going to sit in the office. No, no you know, 
and then for lunch you have two meat pie and one cook and then you come back and you come back home and you do something light and have yam porridge or something like that you know what i mean like yeah. no that's yeah. those are too much that's too heavy we're not it's 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 not balanced mm-hmm. you know so yeah it can be complicated but it's also relatively simple you just have to know what to look out for so instead of focusing on the type of food so if you use kale to make a foriru and you still put five gallons of oil inside it's it's still gonna be bad for you it cancels out babe like it's yeah not, exactly yeah it's not what you think it is exactly but if you use moderate amounts you know normal amounts of oil like you would normally use if you were being conservative and you used um shoko or tete or any of our local vegetables and you make your eforiro and it's very green i mean that's a perfect meal you know you didn't put 10 pieces of meat in just one bowl oh uh, i you know you like those parts that are very you know fatty, fatty like tozo yep. yes that part of meat mm-hmm. i mean i love that too but just one is enough yeah fair it's you know bringing that perspective is now making my mind go to, to certain things like you know people will say things like oh i grew up we my mom had to cut the meat in half now i can eat five meats mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah uh, oh she she is she, um, she cooks her soup with turkey and beef like it's a symbol you know like stuff like that is a symbol of wealth right. and it's like okay at what cost i've seen you know i'd be on tiktok and instagram like it's in a job <laughs> anytime i'm not in school or doing this i'm on tiktok turkey goat shaki homo and this hard fish not titus what's the next one up macro yes is it macro i think macro is the english word for titus but yeah, there's, um, macro is the english there's another fish i hate to say like one level up but you know what? it's harder than white some white cod whiting know. it might be that whiting is usually the smoked one no, so they cook it and they make pala. Oh no, not that one. This one looks like Titus, but the skin is is firm, more firm. I'm forgetting the name. Oh, the I know what you're talking about. You know I what I'm saying? Fish. They use it in stew a lot, like yeah. especially your black people love. I know what you're talking stew. about. Yeah. So that was all in one soup, and people were like, "Oh, big girl!" Like in the comments. But now I'm seeing what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> even people who say I don't eat junk food. But you're eating meals like that every day it's like it's gonna be problematic mm-hmm. you know again like i'm saying like i'm thinking like you're not eating oh i don't eat junk mm-hmm. you don't eat burger you don't eat fries you don't eat cake you don't eat donuts but okay for breakfast you stop by you get some akara for breakfast you eat it with agege bread and you wash it down with cook for lunch you have jollof rice and moi moi with one big chicken pie for dinner you're having like okay like some solid fufu with your 10 pieces of meat in a goosey soup i mean come on now yeah that's those are very very heavy meals i mean heavy i mean calorie dense nutrient dense meals um and again everything in moderation is key taking off reducing the amount of you know meats if we and the thing is, if we think we're not going to get full from eating some of these things, just supplement with vegetables, eat more veggies. But we're not really liking that solution sometimes yeah. because we don't think of it as. But it's it's actually not a bad idea. It's actually cultural. This exposure to this huge amount of food is 
not necessarily cultural, you know. It's a symbol of wealth, I know, but... At what cost? <laughs> yeah. Like Exactly, at what cost? You know? The same money... At what cost? I hate to say this, but like the same money that's... And this is in no way like... Guys, just for clarification, Los and I are not like being critical like in a judgmental sense. But my thing mm-hmm. is like the money spent on the 10 different meats, that's the same money you, the person will not have to spend for insulin. I don't know right. if you understand what I'm saying. They will okay. have to import the insulin. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we have, we just have a lot of internal work to do as as a community. And, and I'm sure that it's not just Nigerians. A lot of these things, when I talk to other specifically West Africans, it's like, similar experiences yeah it is and in in most transitioning countries too Mm -hmm. you know look at mexico for instance the increase in the consumption of sugary sweetened beverages has skyrocketed their incidence of uh, diabetes Mm -hmm. so it's not just so it might look different in different cultures but you know it's just the awareness of it like Mm -hmm. okay as a kid you only ate one meat that was okay um, you know, you didn't have minerals or soft drinks with every food. Like malt is such a calorie dense drink. It's so sweet as well. But you you can go to a party and you just have one malt there, then you take one to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's or just it's just you said or blood tonic. You know that one? Yeah, you mix it with milk, milk like condensed milk, which is like sugar mm-hmm. in a can, girl. And trust me, I enjoy these yes. things, right? Yes. Today I made Jamaican carrot juice. Ooh. The one with the condensed milk Ooh. and the Guinness. It's it's oh. a ten out of ten. Yeah, it's it's so good. But look, I had like a small like a small serving and I was like, you know what, that's good for the day. Yeah. Um, and then rest of the day I had yam and fish sauce and then I had like a bit of rice and the same fish sauce because I'm lazy. Um <laughs> Not lazy, but yeah, I was I mean, tired, and I was like, so what? Why not? But yeah, so, and when I say yeah, I mean like one slice. Hmm, that one right. is, as a half evil babe, I don't know about that one slice. Huh. You know, you know, it takes a while Heesh. to, I filled up my plate with the sauce, and the sauce is very, it had a lot of vegetables in okay. it, so I ate mostly sauce. When the yam, I enjoyed the yam, I was like, this is really good. I just had a small same with the rice so I was eating my vegetables that way you know sometimes I make stir-fried cabbage just eat that with rice I don't need five meats you know I remember <laughs> this movie I was watching that was this be very so vivid I remember this Yoruba movie that I was watching as a kid and they were depicting this wealthy family and this woman was relaxing in her panel and just chilling and the house girl brought her a tray of fried meats. No. I said, oh, I want to be like that woman. <laughs> I'm crying. I really, that was aspiration. Yeah. That looks, and it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Like fried beef with, I was like, wow, this looks so good. And she was sitting down relaxing, eating mm-hmm. the meat, fried meats with Fanta. And I said, one day I'm going to be that rich. <laughs> I'm going to have that. Because <laughs> as a kid, even if you're rich, nobody's giving you a tray of fried meat. A tray. Not in my house. Fair. I mean, that's that's the, the idea of, oh, I just want something to chew. Yes. 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 And the fact that we have such easy access to calorie-dense foods, True. and it's so convenient for us, 
it makes it seem like it's nothing. So you can st- I know some people who will say, I did, I'm not eating anything since morning, but you ate gala, you ate meat pie, you ate donuts real quick, but that doesn't feel like anything. It's not filling you up. Once upon a time, our convenience food was fruits or like a vegetable, like carrots and ca- cucumber or something that's, you know, it's easy to wash and throw in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's no longer that. It's now gala and fine yogurt. Yeah. Which is not bad, but right. you have to recognize that those are two different quality meals mm-hmm. or quality snacks. It's it's funny that you say that because the office, the first place I was working at, working in Abuja, they had people from the cafeteria that would come down with packs of, of small chops during like mm-hmm. break time. Like, oh, you know, you need something to chew. And then they started bringing it in the morning. So people, even in my mind, my uncle would ask mm-hmm. me, do you want to eat before we left? I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'll just get small chops from there. And it's like, looking back, girl, you eat puff puff samosa every morning. Like, come on. Come on. Mm. Be so for real. And then an hour later, I'm like, gosh, I need rice. I need turkey. I need this because I'm so hungry. Yeah. Um, You've given me a lot to think about, Lois. And I, I hope that this conversation has given everyone tuning in something to think about. I have one listener in particular. I'm already laughing. That part about the five meat thing. Mm-hmm. I know when they hear this one. They won't find it funny, but it's the truth. What is the truth? Mm-hmm. Check. <laughs> but Lois, thank you so much, so much for You're joining welcome. us. How- My husband just showed me a note and he was like, Indomie. Can we wait? Yeah. Before I close, I want to discuss that okay <laughs> let me tell you my story and you guys you know what it is what it is you know they have this hungry man pack there mm. was a time when i first moved to lagos in particular that was all i ate breakfast lunch dinner breakfast lunch indomie like with i would add proteins so i would do like sardine you know titus or i would do mm. like chicken but it's indomie every day when my mm. dad came to visit me he's like oh you know i had cooked you know made soup and rice and stuff and he's like oh this is cool this is this he he's into nutrition as well mm-hmm. he opened the cover he saw indomie he's like oh you don't eat this that much right i was like i eat every day he's like what i'm like yeah it's something i don't know if it's the seasoning or whatever or the fact that it's just like carbs and it's just like super comforting it's terrible for you but i could clean through i could clean through a a box with ease yeah 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 so the problem with indomie is not just even the carbs and the calories i mean it's low quality carbs so it's probably going to run through you pretty quickly and you might not be full from it for a very long time the other issue is the sodium that was the thing indomie is salty i know but it doesn't taste salty right it just tastes delicious but the amount of sodium in indomie like i saw i think Ninja Foodie, her, um, her weight loss slash health. Mm-hmm. That's Ronke, right? Yeah, Ronke, yeah. yeah. She posted, I think Lynn, yes, losing Nigeria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She posted something about it and she showed like how much sodium is in one pack of Indomie and our daily requirements. Like, you know, with our issues with cardiovascular disease, our issues with high blood pressure, especially, I'm like, we should not be eating that much indomie and trust me i love indomie mm-hmm. indomie is such a convenience food for me like come back home my own method of preparing it i'll come back home put half of the seasoning on yeah. some shrimp grill the shrimp and then look, oh, you're fancy then, with it. look this this is super indulgent don't do this guys or maybe do it like once, <laughs> once in a while yeah or once a month maybe once a month <laughs> 
I'll crush the indomie a little bit. Okay. And then I put in the pan where I saute the shrimp, I put butter and then put the indomie and let it toast. Mm. Butter. Mm. And then I add mm. some, oh, oh, girl. Mm. And then I boil it down a little bit mm-hmm. and I add the seasoning. I never use all the seasoning. Okay. Because I'm very hyper aware of the amount of sodium in it. But it's still such a bad. Well, let me not say bad. I don't believe in good or bad food, yeah. In labeling food good or bad. Yes, I agree. But it's such a calorie dense and nutrient poor meal. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no coming around. I mean, you can definitely healthy fry it, eat it with some I mean, I do that sometimes. Eat it with some sauteed greens. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to thing. Just adding like frozen spinach on the side or tossing in some frozen spinach. Sometimes I don't even add protein. I put spinach in it mm. instead. That's like an easy go-to for me. But yeah, we have so much access to easy, calorie-dense, nutrient-poor food is so is so increased. It is. And the answer to it is not necessarily Western food. The answer to it is just to change our course of action and eat like we are poor, quote unquote. Yeah. So eat the cheap stuff. Eat, eat the whole grain. Your father eats, you know, millet, some of the onion. Mm-hmm. We have so we have a lot of great whole grains in our in our country like don't eat meats in some of your meals you know eat beans beans are really affordable beans are great for you like i'm telling you beans are the number one superfood that everybody in the whole world is sleeping on there eat, eat a lot of beans we have a variety of beans but a lot of us only know you know white beans brown beans but we have a lot back home we have Ooh. black beans i know my my dad's side of family other people cook black beans mm-hmm. um eat a lot of the greens that we have locally, you don't even have to get kale, you don't even have to get cabbage. You know, eat shoko, eat tete, eat ubu, ubu is great. Mm-hmm. What a leaf. And if you're in the West, like me, if you're a transplant or you're a third culture kid, same same concept, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Choose better food, better quality food. Mm. It might be more expensive for us here. I know it definitely is, and it can be difficult for us to fill up on those things. But something that's cheap and easy to make, yeah. Or well, maybe not. Oh, yeah, relatively easy yeah. to make beans. Chuck some beans, frozen vegetables. Get frozen fruits. You know when it's on sale. Mm-hmm. I stock up on frozen fruits. My freezer is filled with frozen okra, frozen spinach. Like you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. It may not be the fanciest thing, but it's going to fill you up yeah. and it's going to be healthy. Yeah. And you can make it delicious. Use all the seasonings you want, you know? Fair. I think you bring up a lot of good points. And also, I just think that in terms of this seasoning thing that you mentioned, I'm just laughing because earlier today, this lady made, she made a marinade for her turkey. Mm-hmm. You know us in the comments. How many millions of seasonings do you want to use? This is this. I'm like, but like, how else is she going to make it taste good? So I think we also need to liberate ourselves and stop confining ourselves to what we think fits and just do what makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And do what yeah, is right. Yeah. Uh, like going back to the, the Indomie thing, I can attest that my blood pressure was through the roof. Mm. I was swelling. All the things that come with having lots of sodium in your diet. Mm. I was eating yeah. it. I'm 
Yeah, sometimes we notice some edema, yes. which is like water retention, exactly. significant amount while we're eating that much sodium. And seasonings don't have to be high in sodium. They don't. They don't. One secret that I do sometimes when I'm boiling meat and I want it to be like nice and flavorful, I don't really add water to it. One. Two, sometimes I use some local spices. So I use okay. pepper soup seasoning just to boil meat. Okay. And hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm promise you delicious and i mean you have to make sure that you have the right mix of pepper soup seasoning you know thing. don't just like the ones some of the ones the store-bought ones um, sometimes yeah it can taste dusty yeah but if you can use some of the individual whole spices yourself i mean you know what even if that's all you have like use that yeah we, we have so many local spices that we don't utilize nearly enough we only use it in pepper soup and banga yeah and, like there's look i'm gonna use it for everything literally and you can honestly make your own depending on what it is mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it might be yeah. a little bit more tedious but you know that it's yours right exactly so, exactly i like i like i like the strides that we're making in our perceptions of a lot of things as as africans or, and as people who are not from the west but you know there's always room to learn and grow so that's why I was interested in, in having this conversation specific, specifically with you, Lois. So I thank you for your time. Thank you for thank joining you, us. Alec. How can the listeners connect with you? Okay, so I'm on all the social media. Yummy Medley. So Y-U-M-M-Y-M-E-D-L-E-Y. I think I spelled that right. And yeah, so Instagram, TikTok. I think I have a Facebook <laughs> I, I probably do. I just yeah. don't check it. Pinterest. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Pinterest. Oh, yeah, and on the website, yummymedley.com. Okay. I, that's where most of my recipes are. Guys, you have to listen. I'm not just saying it because Lois is on the show. Guys, you have to check out the recipes. You have to, you know, I, th- I think, and because you're on so many different places, for people who need something more visual, like they need in text, they should go on the blog. If you need to mm-hmm. see it, like, okay, you put this, you put that. Or you just need kind of like some AS, I guess it's kind of like ASMR sort of vibe. Try mm-hmm. TikTok. There, yeah. there are a lot of options. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to keep tuning in to your work and your growth. And yeah, thank you so, so much. much. And thank you for inviting me. This is really fun chatting. It was. I know we tried to. Ha. Since Jesus came the first time. <laughs> yeah, around that time. <laughs> we made. made no, it. you know you're super busy. And so, you know, even taking time out to do this, I know, was a lot. So, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully, I'll be less busy this time next year. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, please, just bring money. Save the work. All that, all that work and stuff. Yeah. Minimal work. Maximum enjoyment. How about that? Yes, yes, yes. That's the goal. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Bye for thank now. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey. Thank you so much for listening. Stay well, stay beautiful, stay you in between now and when we meet again. Bye for now.